Welcome back. This is the soft count. So those of you wondering where I've been, I had COVID and it put me down for a week, uh, over a week. I've been, this is the first day I've really been able to talk for extended, extended period of time. We'll see how long I last. I, I mean, I get winded walking up the steps. I'm in good shape and I damn near died. So I've, I have, this is the first time I've had it. I've been really adamant about trying to not get COVID. But here we are. Week one of the NFL season is over. I was going to try to get a pod in last night or this morning, but I wanted to wait till all the games were done. I just figured, fuck it, I'll just wait till this is all. Since I haven't had a pod in a long time and I didn't get any picks in before the week, there's been some fights, there's been some football, there's been a lot. But the world loves football, so we'll start with that. Let's, uh, let's talk some NFL football. We'll start with America's team. Everybody loves the Cowboys for some reason. I don't know why. I grew up in Ohio for the most part, and where I grew up, most people didn't like the Cowboys, actually. I mean, most people hated the Cowboys where I grew up. You get your occasional like guy in a starter jacket that liked the Cowboys, but the area that I generally grew up in, people didn't like the Cowboys. And yet, I've always been told that they're the number one franchise, they make the most money, they have the most fans and all this shit. And I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe in, I mean, yeah, I mean, like Texas is big. So I would imagine there's, you know, a lot of people there. But ultimately, like, they fucking suck. <laughs> they, they are fucking bad. I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Zeke looked okay, actually, surprisingly. And um, overall, their defense just wasn't very good. Their offense was terrible. They scored three points in their opener. When there's teams like, let me just kind of like, like the New York Giants put up 21 this weekend. The Atlanta Falcons put up 26. New Orleans put up 27. You want me to keep going on all these teams that everybody thinks is shit? Like terrible teams? I mean, you just think of a team that's terrible. And I'll tell you one thing. They scored more points than the Cowboys this weekend. What's another team? Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Jaguars scored 22 points. The Commanders scored 28. I mean, hell, the New England Patriots, who I thought really had the next best, worst game in the NFL, they scored seven. Everybody scored a touchdown except for you, the Cowboys, the best team, America's team. And now Dak, you know, hit his hand on a helmet. Even before that, first of all, his throwing motion, he's got a candy arm. I, I can never imagine why you would pay somebody that can't that just throws shit into the dirt. Like he just is his arm. The ball is a wobblers, and they're not very hard. They they just they're not very accurate. He's not that athletic. I I can't believe how much money they give him. And now he fucking blew out his thumb on somebody's helmet. It's like Jesus Christ, dude. Jerry Jones is going to die before the Cowboys ever see the playoffs. He's going to die. He'll be dead before the Cowboys ever do anything. Dak will never take you to the promised land. Not ever. And now you got Cooper Rush. It's like, oh my fucking God. So yeah, that team's done. They're fucking done. Tampa Bay looked solid as always. Their defense looked really good. Tom struggled in the first half to get into the end zone. He didn't struggle to move the ball, though. Still has all the zip. Still looks to be everything he always is. Will he make it through a whole season? I don't know. He looked pretty fucking annoyed most of that game. It's like, dude, 
You're 45 years old, and this looks like it's making you angry all the time. You look pissed all the time. And I get it, like, you're competitive, but it's like, that just looked like it wasn't even, like, pissed as much as, like, annoyed most of the game. Like, you're not having fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our uh, big Sunday night game or whatever, and it was kind of a letdown. It was super bad, actually. The Cowboys should be embarrassed. They were That was their big television game. Everybody was all amped up to see them, and they fucking sucked. Trash. My dark horse of the uh, team of the whole NFL right now has been Miami. I've liked him so far. I thought Tua is going to be real good this year. He looks good. He looked good already. They beat the Patriots. Now, and a lot of people are like, well, the Patriots are bad. It's like, true. However, that was Mike McDaniel's first coach or first coaching job, first game coached or whatever, and he beat Bill Belichick, who has 300-plus wins as a coach. It's hard to just – I don't care what anybody says about the team and all this talent and all that shit. It's just hard to make the right decisions. Speaking of which, let's talk about the game last night. I don't know what the fuck. How can you have a plan? You've got you, you go through all the training camp. You've got all this shit built up. You know all everything. You've got everything figured out. And then in the last minute, you don't know what to do. In the fourth quarter with a minute to go, the Broncos had no idea what to do. They were thinking. And then when they finally came to the conclusion, the coach was like, We're gonna we're gonna call a timeout with no time left. A lot of people were like, why'd they let the clock run down? It's like, so the other team doesn't have a chance to go down the field after they kick their field goal. The problem was, and this is the problem, is that getting fourth and five with Russell as your quarterback and all these wide receivers, to me, seems more achievable than kicking what would have been a record-tying field goal in the NFL. You know, But last year... Justin Tucker hit a 66-yarder and broke the record. But for many, many years, and when I say many, I mean every year until last year, the record was 64 yards, and that's what they were going to try to attempt. And nobody ever hits it, and now Justin Tucker broke it last year to win a game against the Lions or some shit. It's just rare. Getting five yards with your Hall of Fame quarterback, that's easier. So to me, it was just, it was like, wow, we weren't, we didn't really ever expect to be here. We never thought we'd have to be playing to win a game. And it's like, well, this is what playing to win a game looks like. And you made the worst choice possible. You took the worst, safest decision. And it really wasn't the safest decision. It was just a bad call. And a lot of, you know, people were like, well, he'll learn. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, he will. But everybody saw that on Monday night. That was terrible. (coughs) Something else that made me happy in that game was Geno Smith. Most of you probably don't remember his college career. But when he was at West Virginia, he was fantastic. I used to I watched a lot of West Virginia football. I've only got one friend, really. Outside I got my wife and then I have one friend. And um now, I mean, some of you listening are like, "Well, I'm your friend." <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, I've got a couple friends now. I've got 3 total, I think." And uh, those of you that are listening, you know who they are. But but ultimately, my closest friend growing up now uh, was a West Virginia Mountaineers fan. And it just made me watch their games all the time because I wanted to talk to him about the team. And that was a way to kind of connect with him in a way that I just, you know, as you get older, you realize, like, there's certain ways you can connect with people and friendships. And one of the ways you can do that is by, like, watching a team that they love. He loves the Steelers and Mountaineers. Now, the problem with the Steelers is that I'm a Browns fan, or was. I'm not really a Browns fan anymore. I'm not really a fan of... 
<laughs> almost knocked down the whole house. I'm not really a fan of any team anymore. In fact, I would I would say that I'm more of a fan of players now, and I just kind of like watching the best players. But anyway, for many years, I would watch the Steelers. I'd watch the Mountaineers, and uh, that was a way to kind of be friends with this this guy. And uh, over the years, the Mountaineers had some really fantastic just fun to watch quarterbacks. One of them was Pat White. That was like when I first started watching them play, he was their quarterback. So that gives you an idea of the era I'm kind of talking about. He was amazing. And then there was there was a couple quarterbacks in between there, and then there was Geno Smith. And Geno Smith was an air raid quarterback. He wasn't much of a runner. He just threw it all over the field in college and was accurate. I mean, he could have probably almost won the Heisman. He was fantastic. Did he? I'm not, I'm, I don't know if he did or not. I Probably not. But he was fantastic in college. I mean, fantastic. And he went to the Jets. And um, he became kind of like one of these quarterbacks. It's like no one would ever think that he would ever get another shot starting in the quarter, in the NFL ever again. Ever. I mean, it's probably been six or seven years since he played for the Jets when he started that, that, those couple seasons. If you think about the amount of work that guy has put in, I mean... <laughs> to to get that opportunity again, it is unbelievable. Those of you that are like, I mean, a lot of you are like, wow, Geno Smith played, and then he won. But when you really think about everything he went through to, to be able to do what he did last night, it's unbelievable. Like the kind of shit, you, you couldn't write a movie about it because nobody would believe it. It's like, no, that would never happen. And yet, he started last night, and then he beat Russell Wilson in his in his old house. I mean, it was just, it's pretty fucking incredible. Pretty incredible. Good for Gino. I mean, the entire stadium was chanting Gino. <laughs> like, can you imagine how he felt? Oh, my God. Talk about a victory. That's fucking amazing. Another game we got to talk about is the Steelers and the Bengals. Went into overtime. Both teams had a chance to win it with kicking a field goal. And then uh, they both blew it. Both teams had multiple chances to win this game. And then in the end, the Steelers got the win with a field goal. Here's the reality. Those of you who are like, wow, that was a really good win. It wasn't. It wasn't a good win. Because Joe Burrow threw five interceptions and you went into overtime and won by three. That was a terrible win. You should have beat them by fucking 40. It shows you how much trouble the Steelers are in with Trubisky. He can't start all year long. The worst thing that could have happened for them is that they won the game. Because now they're going to keep Trubisky in there. Like, all right, we got a dub. This is how we're going to get it done. It's like, you're not going to get it done like that. Because even when you play the Bengals again, because you're going to play them twice, Joe Burrow ain't throwing five picks next time. He's going to beat you by 50. And so the Steelers, I just, you know... I saw so many missed throws by Trubisky, just bad throws. Not even like they're not misses. They're just there can be no yak. Nobody gets any yards after the catch, after he throws it to him because he throws it at their feet, and they have to reach down and catch it and then turn, and then they're getting tackled. There's just no – it's just bad. It's bad throwing. Now he's pretty athletic, but so is Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett's got a better arm. You just have, you have to put him in. You cannot waste any more time. That was a terrible performance by them, honestly. 23 to 20, everyone, everyone's freaking out about that game. Like, I can't, that was amazing. And it's like, dude, Joe Burrow threw five interceptions and they won by three. 
and Joe Burrow had a chance to win the game. In fact, they would have won the game had they just challenged this one play they threw that was a touchdown. They didn't even challenge it. It's like, oh, my God. Talk about bad coaching. There's a lot of bad coaching this weekend. A lot of games that could have been easily won had the coaches just not been terrible. Zach Taylor really fucking sucked this weekend. They, the team needed him to throw a challenge flag, and he didn't. And they would have won. Lamar Jackson. Okay, so the, the Baltimore Ravens played the Jets. The Jets threw the ball with Joe Flacco 59 times. <laughs> I'd fire the coach right now. I'd walk down from my fucking owner's box and fire Robert Sala. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you have no idea what you're doing. None. If you've, if, if one, I get it. Joe Flacco's got to be our, he's got to start right now. Zach Wilson got hurt. Fine. But when would it be a good idea to throw the ball 59 times if you don't have Andrew Luck? <laughs> I mean, I can't think, I mean, you, it, maybe Justin Herbert, you know, Andrew Luck. Those are like two guys I can think of where I'd be okay with you throwing the ball 59 times. Anybody else, it's like, I don't even, I don't want Peyton Manning to throw it 59 times. His arm would fall off. It's like, it's <laughs> I, yeah, I would fire the head coach. I'd fire the coach. I mean, like, we didn't we didn't go through an entire training camp, an entire training camp, and multiple weeks now knowing that Zach Wilson's out. You've had plenty of time, and your game plan ended up being this. Now, anybody that's like, well, that's obviously not the plan. It's like, no, but you have to have plan B, C, and D, and none of those should have been we throw it 59 times. You went from, okay, our plan A is not working. What do we do? We don't have another plan B. Plan B shouldn't have been, all right, now we got to throw it 59 times because the, the score only ended up 24 to 9. You you drafted a running back. You've got all these parts. Like the Jets, that was just, I'm sorry, but it made me realize, that's like, wow, Salah's not smart enough to be a head coach. He's out. So that, that was a bummer. Lamar Jackson didn't run at all, by the way. They had like 80 yards rushing as a team. He's not going to run this year. He's just going to throw deep and sit in the pocket, and I don't blame him. And he'll probably win a bunch of games, by the way. He'll eventually get tired and start running because he's bored. But he is going to try to play it safe and not do too much because, you know, why take the chance? He's It's really his only leverage. He shouldn't even be playing. His best leverage is to just not play. But he loves football and he thinks he definitely has, like, some pride and some masculinity issues. Anybody that in his situation that was smart and didn't and wasn't, like, worried about what other people think would just sit out. I'd just sit out. You're going to pay me or I'm not going to play. I don't care. I'm not going to I'm not going to play. But, you know, insecurity, masculinity, all that shit gets in the way of people so they go out there to show everybody I'm the shit and I'll play anyway. And it's like, I mean, you're just letting the Ravens win this argument. <laughs> so, Lamar, I mean, you're just get you're by playing, you're giving the Ravens all the power. They're getting what they want. They'll franchise tag your ass couple years maybe you'll go somewhere else and they'll find somebody else they don't care they're not going to give you the money you, you think you get <clears throat> because of the Deshaun Watson deal Houston let me down I thought they were going to get the dub ended up being a tie with Indianapolis those teams are done I don't give a shit anybody that ties it just was a bad game I didn't really I don't like a lot about either of those teams I'll tell you this though Philadelphia should be worried 38 to 35 was the final between Philly and Detroit they were beating the pants off of the Lions. They were up by 17 at one point. 
and then the final score ends up being 38 to 35. It never really felt that close. It felt like it was like a 10 point, you know, 10 point game for till the last like minute. But yeah, I mean, Philly, you can't let Detroit score 35 on you if you guys really want to win that division. And you should be able to, but I'm telling you right now that if if Saquon Barkley is going to be how he was this weekend all season long and he doesn't get hurt, they're going to get eight wins. The Giants will get a bunch of wins just because of that one player they have. He was unstoppable. 200 yards from scrimmage, six receptions, 100 yards rushing. I mean, he was... Anytime a team has a player like that, remember David Johnson, 100 yards receiving, 100 yards rushing, like you just get wins that way. Your team can be trash, but if you have a running back that can go for 100 and 100, you're going to get some wins. And you'll have to do some shit to get those wins that that will put you in pro, you know, they went for two and to to win the game and they got it, you know. And so there's just things like that that aren't going to go their way all year long, but it was something to think about. Chicago Bears and the Niners, man, what the hell are those teams going to do? It's interesting because the Niners, I think a lot of people think, well, their roster is really, really good, and they should be winning and not losing, especially losing to arguably one of the worst teams in the last three years. They've got no offensive line. They've got no weapons. They just have a singular player and a quarterback that can run a little bit. And it was a fucking monsoon this weekend in Chicago. And Trey Lance just left a lot to be desired. And and a lot of people were like, well, I mean, they got Jimmy sitting there. My only argument to all of that is I'm not actually sure their team's as good as they think it is. I'm not sure their their defense. So when uh, Nick Bosa first joined the team, as a rookie, their defense was unbelievable, and he was unstoppable. And I haven't seen much of that since then. And that was like three or four years ago now. Their DBs aren't that – I mean, I just don't know, man. I, I I don't think that team's as good as people think. And so switching back to Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not 100% sure that your team's going to be that much better because the biggest issue is is – Outside of Trey Lance, I'm just not sure what that defense is anymore. I'm not really sure. I mean, Debo Samuel, he looked okay, but he fumbled. But, you know, it was a wet game. I mean, their offense is okay. I don't know. I got a lot of questions about the Niners. I don't have any questions about Pat Mahomes. He looked amazing. Threw five touchdowns, 44 points against the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I tell you what, the Cardinals go 0-3 or something like that to start the season. Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to be calling for that dude's name in no time. Um, they still scored 21 points. They just had no defense. That's a problem. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron went out there and lost the game for them. Before anybody texts me or messages me, I know that I only have a few listeners here, but Aaron Rodgers threw the game away, by the way. He literally just threw it to his running backs over and over again. The, that Christian Watson guy, he dropped one wide-open pass, and then Rodgers was like, I'm just going to throw it to the running backs the rest of the game. And they lost. And it's completely his fault because he was having a little tantrum out there. Like, bro, you're going to need some more ayahuasca because the reality is is you're going to have to have – these guys are going to have some drops – and you're going to have to keep throwing it at him. I mean, I get it. You put it right in his fucking hands, and he dropped it. 
And then the rest of the game, you threw it to the running backs. You were, you were throwing a fit, and they just gradually lost the game. It was 23-7 to in no time, and you lost. And it's your fault. You can't blame an entire thing on one drop pass. You you didn't throw it to him again. Like, like he makes every single throw. Like, motherfucker, if you miss a throw, what, am I supposed to just not catch any passes you throw at me after that because you missed me? Like, get the fuck out of here. He looked like a fucking baby out there to me. Every time he threw it to the running back, the little check down, he just kept doing it. I'm like, wow, you're throwing a fit right now. I'd pull your ass out. I'd just I'd fucking trade him, too. I'd, I'd do anything to get rid of him right now if I were the coach. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. I get it. You throw the best ball of all time, ever. But, you know, that doesn't help anybody when you just throw it to the running back because you're throwing a fit. And nobody can tell you what to do. And you literally just try to big dick around all the time, and I just would be over it. <clears throat> thought the Raiders were going to win a game to start the season. A lot of that was because I thought Brandon Staley would just blow it. And I get it. The Chargers have tons of talent, and they probably arguably have one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. To me, Justin Herbert looks the closest thing to Andrew Luck that I've seen, and I thought Andrew Luck was probably one of the most talented quarterbacks I'd ever seen. Those of you who are like, what? Just watch Andrew Luck play. I mean, he had everything. He had everything. And Justin Herbert is about the closest thing to him. About the same size. Justin's a little bit more trim. But ultimately, they can both run and they can throw fucking darts. They, they're Those two guys are my really the two best quarterbacks I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. As far as physical talent and everything. Not just not based on success. A lot of people will be like, well, what about Tom Brady? It's like, no, I get it. Tom Brady and Joe Montana won the most rings. They are the most successful but I've never watched, you know, when I watched Tom Brady, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, wow, I can't believe he did that. When I watched Andrew Luck, I was like, oh, my God, how did he do that? Like, whoa, look at the ball. Like, oh, my God. I get it. I get it. He didn't have his, he didn't have rings, but it, it's just a matter of watching. And uh, Herbert's very similar to that. You just see the ball jump out of his hand. It's like, oh, my fuck. Look at that thing. I thought, though, that the Raiders with their new coach – and Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, I thought they were going to put up some serious points, and they didn't. And it left me with a lot to be desired. I was like, eh, Josh McDaniels, that's not a good look. I was expecting a new Josh McDaniels with a lot of points scored and looking good. I mean, you've got the best quarterback you've had since Tom Brady. You've had you got all kinds of shit going on for you, and it just didn't look that good. The last game I'll talk about is the Browns and the Panthers. Baker Mayfield looked terrible for three quarters. Three entire quarters of bad football. And he threw an interception like every game. All that being said, I wish he still played for the Browns, but he doesn't. He plays for the Panthers. Thought he was going to come back and win the game, but he didn't. And uh, they lost. And the Browns won. And that's a good win for the Browns. They needed to start the season off 1-0. They need to get a couple wins, but... I mean, here's the thing. If they were like six and four, or even if they were four and six with Deshaun Watson coming back, it'd be a pretty good place to be. It'd be a pretty good place to be. So UFC 279 turned into a shit show. I didn't really have any time to talk about before the fight, but initially the fight was supposed to be Hamzat Chemaev and Nate Diaz. 
and then like Tony Ferguson and somebody, I don't know, Daniel, there was all kind of, there was just like a ton of weird shit on this card. And in the end, it ended up being Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson in the main event, Hamzat Chemaev, Kevin Holland in the, in the semi, in the co-main event. And then they moved Lee Jing Liang to Daniel Rodriguez or something. That was, ended up being the final main card. And a lot of that was Chemaev didn't make weight for the Diaz fight. And then he ended up getting into a fight be in the back with Kevin Holland. And so, yeah, <laughs> the fights were weird. Chemaev, he, he comes off as like, I'm this killer. I'm a killer, blah, 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 killer. And then he just like tackles you and wrestles you and then, you know, goes for the safe submission and, and tries to take no damage. It's like, no, I get that. Like, you're good. You're a good you're a good wrestler and a good Sambo fighter and all that shit, but you're not a killer. Like, you wanted to, to not fight Kevin Holland. I, everybody knows that. Kevin. So here's how the fight went. And I don't, nobody's actually mentioned this yet, but Kevin Holland goes to uh, touch gloves at the beginning. He has his hand up like, all right, let's let's do a little high five before the fight. And as he does that, Hamzat Shemaev shoots him and takes him down. I mean, that's – and then they're just – he's rolling out of it, trying to roll out of it, roll out of it, roll out of it, and eventually he gets submitted. That's all he did. He's not a killer. He's not some hit man. He's not some fucking dude I'd be scared of. If anybody else is in the division, I'd look at him and be like, if that's how he's going to fight me, like he's in trouble. Because, one, I'm not going to tap gloves with you now. Any – News flash to all UFC fighters, never tap gloves, especially with this motherfucker, because he'll just shoot on you while you're going to tap and then act like he's a killer. It's like, dude, you're not a killer. That was like the weakest shit I've ever seen. Like, you should have gone in there and smoked Kevin Holland with your fist, but you were scared and you shot on him while he went to touch gloves and then, you know, submitted him down there after rolling around for like two and a half minutes. It wasn't like you just took him down and submitted him either. You kept chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. And it's like, okay, that's not killer shit. That's like, I don't know. It's like Khabib shit. Khabib's not a killer. He was just a Sambo wrestler that people didn't really know how to deal with yet. Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson fight. It was fun to watch. It was weird. Felt fucking fixed as shit. I don't know. The whole thing, the whole night, left a lot to be desired. I think Dana did his best to put the card back together, but I was pretty much left wondering what the fuck is going on. And I've been wondering that a lot lately after UFC. Between the judging, like gambling's never been bigger. Gambling's the biggest it's ever been. And uh, sorry about the dogs here. But ultimately, UFC and gambling feels so weird right now to me. Like it's all stake, like logos everywhere. And they got fighters like shouting out to a casino at the end of the fights. And it just. The fights look weird. They're scored weird. Like that Tony Ferguson, like I seen Tony almost get his arm completely broken back by the champ, Charles Oliveira. And then I just last night he just like crawled into a guillotine and tapped. It was just weird. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I legit don't know. I I don't actually – it's becoming like not even a conspiracy theory. It's becoming just like blatant. Like, oh, this is not – this is just like WWE now, huh? Like, these fighters, they don't actually give a fuck. Like, it's all it's all tied to the gambling now, and it doesn't really feel... I don't know. I don't know what... You tell me what you guys are seeing now. I'm not sure I'm seeing anything good. So anyway, hit me up. I'm over COVID. 
You guys can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, yeah, holla.